I'm shook! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's exciting edition of Holly Shook, a celebrity scandal podcast. Um, hi, I'm Ryan, and as per usual, I am joined by the new homeowner. It's Armin! Woo woo! Uh, new location, Highland Park now. I don't know if I should disclose the location, um, but I just did, I guess. Give Happy to ex- be here. Address. <laughs> yeah. Social address at the end of the pod. So listen through if you want to hear all that. Credit card number even. Yeah, but you have to get through the whole episode and you have to rate five stars, send to a friend, post on your Instagram story, and then you'll get all of the information. That's a great gambit. We, w- we <laughs> will give out our social if... You guys rate and review us five stars and listen to the podcast. Seriously, one singular five-star rating is all I ask, and I'll give you all of my information. <laughs> but um, yes, Armin now lives in Highland Park. Um, when we logged on for this FaceTime call, I was so confused. This is the first time we've recorded at his new place. And I've talked about before how I'd always stare at the hole in his wall in his old place. When he was rambling, and now I don't know what to stare at when you're rambling. I also had a window behind me. Now there's a fan behind me. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to get used to the new aesthetics. It's honestly incredibly rude for you to change my view of what I see without giving me any say in what it should be. You should have completely recreated your old room at your new place, and I just like don't even know how to react anymore i do want to get some wall art behind me so maybe you could help me pick that out in fact i was thinking of putting the yeah yeah Yeah. the chicago skyline photo you gave me yeah here's a here's a thought maybe the um maybe the piece of wall art that i actually bought for you over two years ago that never got put up on any wall it did it was in my studio in my previous studio Oh, well, I couldn't see it from my view, so... Well, your view was a hole in my wall and a window. Did you actually put it up? You never even showed me what it looked like on the wall. I never showed it to you? No! Yeah, I had it by my Laker bobbleheads. <laughs> I will believe it when I see it, and I won't even be able to see it, because you don't live there anymore, so... <laughs> well, I brought it with th- me. I actually know where it is. It's right over there. It's inside the closet currently no offense no offense perfect perfect spot for that thank you (laughs) we we do want to put it up we love it actually that blue accents a lot of you know what we got going on here really well so it's going up well we'll see when that happens um (laughs) but so excited for your new place i can't wait to come visit it when this um pandora is over and um we have a whole new era, one could say, of Holly Shook now that you're in a new location. I'm thinking new location, better podcast. Impossible to get better, but um, I'll, 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 I'll go with that. We'll see. We'll see. We're off to an amazing start, obviously. This I is think so. Right. I actually, I wanted to open up this podcast with a question. Okay. If there was a documentary made about your life thus far, mm-hmm. what would it be called and what would it be about? What would it be called? Um, <laughs> oh my god! It would definitely have to like have a colon, and it would have to be like the true Ryan, the true Ryan Alkire story. Um, Not the real Ryan Alkire story. No, it could have been. It should be colon the real Ryan story. Um, I don't know what it would be called. I remember my freshman year of college when I joined a fraternity, we had to tell people what our the memoir our memoir would be called. And I famously said mine would be sorry, not sorry about it. And everyone thought it was so funny. And they were also like, you're so gay. And I was like, no, I'm not. Um, <laughs> now you'd so, be like, yes, I am. And then I was like, wait, you guys were right. Um, I don't know. I, I That's a really hard question to just ask someone out of the blue because there's so many options. So I'm just going to like ricochet it back to you. I don't have one in mind, but I thought that as we discussed another documentary, we could think about what the title of ours would be. And then at the end of the podcast, we could make the reveal. All I'm going to say really quickly before we get into that is that Demi Lovato now has three documentaries on her life. And she is like, I think the exact same age as me, if not 
like maybe a couple months younger. So at the end of the day, I don't care what my documentary is called. I'm just pissed that I don't have three of them already. And the new doc is a series. It's a series? I'm pretty sure it's a series. I think it's a YouTube series, which means we have to subscribe to YouTube, which I don't even know how to do. I know that makes me sound terribly old, but I don't understand the concept of YouTube TV yet. Well, I famously use YouTube TV um, to watch all my shows. Really? Yes, I love YouTube TV. Um, So hopefully it's just included on that. I actually use my friend Adrian's. Shout out to Adrian. Thank you, Adrian. Um, I offered to pay her. She said no. I still paid her for like two months and then kind of just forgot to. And she hasn't said anything. So can I use Adrian's uh, to watch this Demi Lovato documentary? <laughs> yeah. So thanks, Adrian. Um, but no, I love YouTube TV. Uh, it's like kind of underrated. It's it's really good. I mean, I still have all the other ones because I am who I am as a person. But I use YouTube TV to. It's like a DVR, so you can record shows. So like. Currently, obviously, RuPaul's Drag Race, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City just ended, but like shows that are playing um, live, I can record them and watch them, which is really great because I hate having to watch or wait to watch something, you know. And they have their original content. See, I don't understand YouTube TV still. I really don't get it. So you could watch Bravo on there too. You could watch VH1. Yeah, and then they have old shows. So like they have like the most current season of. Real Housewives of New York, I watched on YouTube TV because I hadn't caught up to it in time to record it. And just, like, the catch with that is you you have to watch commercials. So, like, the whole last season of Real Housewives of New York, I did have to watch commercials, which absolutely made me pull my brains out. I hate commercials. Abolish commercials. Um, so that was annoying, but it was still great because I, I had access to it, whereas it's not on Hulu yet. You know? Let's make a vow right here and right now. We are going to cover the Demi Lovato documentary series. However, yep. the first ever documentary that we are going to cover on this podcast is going to be Framing Britney Spears, which we're going to talk about today. Famously, right on time and right on cue, right as it is the pop cultural talking point, of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, just came out about 12 hours ago. No one has mentioned it yet. There's Multiplied no by 200. <laughs> yeah, no discourse online about it yet. It's just kind of like brand new topic. We're actually essentially premiering it right now on this podcast. Um, But also at the same time, staying on brand for me, I did watch it last night. So I was about two months behind, but better late than never. I watched it weeks ago, and then I watched it again, because it is worth a a rewatch, I would say. Well. (laughs) No, you don't think so? I personally was not impressed. Is it because you already knew all of that information? Yes and no. Um, here's the thing. It's I I don't know how to like I don't even know how to say this without being like a total asshole. But like for all the people who watched it and were like, "Oh my god, the way David Letterman talked to her was so inappropriate." Oh my god, the way People Magazine and U.S. Weekly, Weekly or whatever Us Weekly, I don't know. Um, like the way that they portrayed her on the front page and the tabloids and the paparazzi are so toxic. Like. Yeah, duh. Like, for people who just found that out and are just realizing that by watching this documentary, I'm sorry you're living under a rock and you're, like, totally oblivious. Give Gen Zers their moment to discover Britney. I'm not even saying, like, just about Britney. I'm just saying, like, that culture in general of that... And and to be fair, Britney was, like, a, a major, like, figure of that time. But, like, if you really didn't understand how toxic paparazzi culture and tabloid culture and like late night talk show sometimes culture is then y'all were sleeping (laughs) i will say this i was reminded through this documentary how antagonistic mainstream media could be towards celebrities in person whereas i think today in person if you have a celebrity right in front of you especially if we're talking about a, a late night talk show I feel like there's a lot more groveling. There's a lot more Uh, Mm hand-holding. There's star treatment. There's full-blown star treatment. Whereas you saw Britney Spears in a lot of those old clips get asked some pretty mortifying questions. There was one person who said something like, everyone's talking about your boobs or something like that. Do you remember that part of the doc? Yeah. Talking about your breasts, um, being asked if she had a boyfriend at the age of 10, being asked multiple times in front of 
large audiences if she was a virgin or not. It's just completely disgusting. And I think that you're right is that that's not as common anymore. But In mainstream think, media. I think the paparazzi is forever antagonistic. But like, you're not going to get maybe necessarily those types of questions on Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel or whatever. But Fallon's been roasted for being too nice to celebrities for not challenging them enough, right? Sure. So yes. I think the culture has changed and evolved on that front, at least. But like even more so, you know, specifically towards women and the misogyny of it all. I think it's like, finally, there are women who are standing up. Not like finally, like women have never stand up for themselves. But like, it's more accepted now for, say, we talked about Billie Eilish on this podcast before and how she'll, you know, stand up to people about talking about her body image or whatever and Lady Gaga many a times has kind of called out interviewers for inappropriate misogynistic uh, questions and I think it's more common and maybe more acceptable to like stand up for yourself whereas if Britney were to have been like you can't ask me that or like stand up for herself it would have been like she's a diva or she's blah 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 like it would have been turned against her. Yeah, why is she so difficult to work with? Difficult to work with is great way that people like to uh, describe women in, women in power who do something that if a man did, it would have been a power move or a boss move. But if a woman does it, it's bitchy or hard to work with and everything sucks and I hate our society. <laughs> Speaking of recycled uh, discourse, but you and me have to have it because... Well, our opinion matters more. Right. Justin Timberlake. We have to talk about JT. Yeah. Speaking do of we... misogyny. Well, we do. We do. Okay, that was a major fact. part of the doc. He even it, okay. apologized after the fact. But was it a major part of the doc? Because that was all I heard about when it came out four years ago. No, but a couple whatever weeks ago when it came out. Everyone's like, Justin Timberlake, cancel Justin Timberlake, blah, 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 blah. And, like, they talked about him for about two minutes. Like, it wasn't a major part of the doc. I think it was one of those things, again, where people were like, how dare Justin Timberlake have done that? And I'm like, but, like, I feel like it was pretty common knowledge that he did that. Like, I don't understand why people were so, like, up in arms about it. I'm like, yeah, he fucking, like, roasted her. Like, I remember that. And I was fully a child. What's interesting to me, though, again... Let's going back to the evolution of the media and I think how people react to the media. JT was seen as the hero at the time as he's roasting Britney Spears. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yes, and I I, I guess I'm I'm speaking from a point of view of now an older person who can look back on things. But I don't know. I guess I guess I'm not saying we knew that back then, but I'm just saying like it wasn't that shocking to me to see it in the documentary because I'm like, well, of course. Like if you look back on pretty much any story, we could even go Brad and Angelina, right? Could go other stories that I know about. <laughs> like it's probably- we always go back to Brad and Angelina. <laughs> they are pretty much like you can pretty much tie anything back to Brad and Angelina. But like, do you know Godwin's law, right? No. Godwin's law is that any online discussion will eventually lead to someone making a reference to Nazis mm. and Hitler. <laughs> Holly Shook's law is that <laughs> any discussion we have at some point will make a reference to Brad and Angelina. I think my favorite part about that is that we've still never actually covered their story. Right. Like, well, that's I, that's the season finale or the series I finale, if you will. I don't even really know the story. Like, I'm like... <laughs> Brad and Angelina, and I'm like, I guess they, like, hooked up on Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Like, that's really all I know. I mean, that's the gist of it, right? Okay, well, then, in that case, color me a genius. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I guess the Justin Timberlake thing, I'm just like... It does set the stage, though, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it is important. It's a part of the piece of the documentary that covers Britney's upbringing, her over-sexualization, mm -hmm. how easily the media could turn on her, right? Which we then see exponentially um, after her marriage to Kevin Federline and, and everything with the kids, which we'll talk about. But I just thought it was interesting to see that replayed, even though, yes, we lived it. And I, I remember all the contours of it. 
but you do have a little bit of a different, well, a lot of a different reaction to it, you know, watching it played back because, again, at the time, I remember Justin Timberlake was portrayed as the protagonist. He releases the music video. There's strong innuendo in the music video that Britney Spears cheated on him. That's what the whole song's about. He has the doppelganger in the music video. He goes on Howard Stern and talks about having sex with her. And she's made out to be the villain. And I didn't remember the governor's wife or whoever that was that said that I wish she was dead or something. She said, if I was given an opportunity to shoot Britney Spears, I would. That's an insane overreaction to what, you know, she perceived Britney to have done. Which wasn't even like, even if you thought, even if Britney did do it, which we don't know. But that's an insane reaction to have. Oh, she cheated on Justin Timberlake, she should die. What? That's literally what, like, 10-year-old girls say about, like, Haley Baldwin because they're in love with Justin Bieber. Like, it's like an uh, irrational, like, thing of, like... I'm mad at that woman for doing this to my imaginary boyfriend. So I'm going to shoot them. But she was like fully a grown woman and also like a governor's wife. What did you think of seeing the paparazzi's perspective? Just garbage. I mean, I've always, I've always been weirdly intrigued by paparazzi culture because I'm just like, what? Like, it's just so disturbing to me. And like, I've seen a lot of videos because obviously I'm a huge smiler. So I've watched a lot of um, Miley Cyrus videos of her being like bombarded by paparazzi. And she's always been like a bitch to them, which I love. And it's just like, makes me feel uncomfortable. I'm like, how are these grown ass men? Like, how are they doing this and feeling okay about it? And I, you know, hearing him be like, when you get sucked into it and you're making so much money and like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's fine. But like, own up. Like a lot of people do shitty things at their jobs. I don't think most people are practicing good morals. At how, how many ethical jobs are there in this system? Right, right. right. All this jobs. Um, <laughs> and For real. I just wish he like, I am thinking about the, the main paparazzi guy, but like, I'm I'm just thinking like, I wish he would have just owned it a little more and been like, you know, like, I'm ashamed of what I did, or I think it was gross, and I knew it was gross, but I still did it. I don't know. I just felt like he was trying to play the victim, and we were trying. We were supposed to feel empathetic for him. And I was like, I don't feel empathetic for you. I like, didn't think that the documentary tried to make you empathize with either one of those two guys. There was one who was the videographer, right? Mm-hmm. And I forget what the other guy did. I think he actually, like, bought and sold the content, right? Or something? Yeah, he like he like felt like found the locations or some shit. I don't know. I remember he mentioned having an eight million dollar budget, so I think he may have actually bought the content. For... Oh yeah, there was the guy who bought it for the magazine for you for Us Weekly. I always want to say Us Weekly, which is insane to think about an eight million dollar annual budget for photos of celebrities, candid photos of celebrities. That's what he said was the money shot. I think it was more than eight million. Oh, maybe it was more than eight million. Maybe it was eight million per photo or something. Like he could go up to that for a photo. I, I forget. I could be completely delusional, but I feel like he said it was like eighty million a year. Oh, <laughs> eighty million? Okay. I could be. I could be completely making that up, but I'm like, I remember right. being like, that is a large amount of money, and like eight million is a lot of money. But you watched it like, more recently than me, so I, I also have two brain cells, so I probably forgot everything by now. But I didn't think the documentary made you try to empathize with either one because the guy buying the content he has this one embarrassing moment which they made sure to include at a spot that made him look bad where he says something like you know we we don't buy this content and display these images or videos to make a celebrity look bad we just show them because you know people want to feel connected to celebrities and it makes people feel happy to to see the celebrities that they love you know and to see them just doing stuff and it's like no no no. (laughs) that's not the truth ellen like literally i'm not saying the documentary is trying to make them empathetic i just feel like these guys want our empathy like i feel like they want us to be like okay fine we get it like you were doing your job like 
to and to in a certain extent I could excuse that because we we talk about it on this podcast a lot. Like what comes along with fame, you have to be ready to be scrutinized. You have to be ready to be put under a microscope. That is what comes along with being that famous. I just think there's a line and like they crossed the line with crossed Britney it. it's over like, and okay, over. Sure, get pictures of her leaving the store from across the street, which like you know that's a bigger societal problem of like why the fuck do we care to see a picture of Britney Spears leaving a fucking Jamba Juice? Like I don't know why we need to see that, but for some reason we do, and. That's fine, but, like, it's the crowding around the car, and it's the banging on the windows, and it's the, she's carrying her child, and you're mobbing her. Like, give her fucking space. It just makes me disgusted, and That was the just, scary footage, right? It was scary. Watching her drowning in a sea of paparazzi while she's carrying a baby. And then, like, there's the moment in the Matt Lauer um, interview mm-hmm. where... He was like, do you want, is your biggest wish that the paparazzi leave you alone? And she like breaks down and starts crying. And she's like, yes, that's my biggest wish. And I'm like, I think that a lot of her, I guess I'll just say it, mental decline, because I do think that she like has mental health issues, came from the paparazzi being so like intrusive and so like too much. Like it was just, I don't know how anyone could like survive having that much and that many people like on top of you no matter where you go like it's insane we'd all go crazy and i'm not even saying she went crazy because i'm not using that word to describe her i'm saying it in the general sense of like i would go crazy like i would flip a bitch like i would punch one of them i'd run them over i'd run them over with my car she hit their car once right that was a part of the documentary <laughs> her hitting the car with the umbrella which then unfortunately for her leads to more bad publicity and it compounds, right? She doesn't want the publicity. She doesn't want the paparazzi chasing her. And then she stands up for herself and actually starts hitting one of their cars. But then that leads to more paparazzi. It leads to more negative coverage of her in the media. And that was a part of, of course, I think a lot of people would say her rock bottom when she shaves her head, which by the way, there's nothing wrong with shaving your head. It's very interesting to see, again, just a very different culture at the time. Because I think today, a celebrity makes a major, you know, hairdo shift. You know, it's it's covered on page six, but that was the leading story for weeks. I remember I mean, it was the biggest thing to happen in 2007 or, or six or whenever it was. I mean, the picture of her holding the razor to her head with a smile, as well as the picture of her with the umbrella in the gray hoodie are two of the most iconic paparazzi photos of all time. I mean, those are defining. That's like a Britney defining moment, which sucks because like there's so many things about her career that are more defining. But I think a lot of people, when they think of Britney Spears, they think of her tabloid representation and they think of those photos in that moment because it's it's that it's the baby in, on her lap when she's driving. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's the thing. I'm just going to like get into my overall thoughts. I I wish that it was less about the conserv- conservatorship and more about what we just talked about. I wish it was more about how she was represented. I, I think it was, I wish it was more about what led to her quote unquote unraveling and what led to the situation season now. And I know that they were trying to set that up, but for me, it just didn't hit because by the end it was like, okay, now we're at the conservatorship and this is what's happening. And there's not really any answers. And we actually can't really tell you what's actually going on and like all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, so I understand that they were like feeding off of the free Britney movement to get this like going, but I would have liked a full length. It was only an hour and 12 minutes. I would have liked a full two hours and maybe frame it in the conservatorship thing, kind of like they did. But I wanted more. And I wanted different people talking. I don't think that they really had any, like, super credible sources. Well, it was a New York Times Presents documentary. And so most of the people that they had talking were actually New York Times columnists, like Wesley Morris, right? Fine, and that was great. But, like, the only person who was actually close to her that was on it was, like, her friend, which I thought that was an interesting perspective. 
but like I don't know I, I watched it with a friend last night and I'm like I even she she even said she's like I wish they had like a mental health expert talk about right. it or I wish they had a you know pop culture historian or like a paparazzi like someone who like had knowledge on the overall bigger picture and not just these like columnists who like have written about it once or twice or whatever or someone closer to her and I understand that none of her family wanted to be a part of it but like I just I I I finished watching it and I was like okay like I don't know I didn't really well, because to do Britney justice, Rai, you have to do a 10-part series. Not not even a two-hour doc, Rai. Let's be honest. To do no, Britney know, justice, like, her story, you have to do a 10-hour series. And I, I, I believe that, and I believe that that should happen, and I hope that that does happen with Britney's involvement. But, you know, I also think that there's been plenty of documentaries made without the subject's involvement that gave a broader and a more, I don't know. A, a more, more granular f- look. Yeah, I just left being like, I didn't like, I didn't really gain anything new from it. And I didn't really like, it didn't come to a conclusion where I'm like, oh, the conservatorship is bad. Because like, I don't know, they didn't really like prove to me that it was good or bad. Mm, Yeah, I think. Like, don't necessarily think it's good, but like, it kind of left it up in the air where I was like, I don't really have anyone credible close to this subject, like telling me what's actually going on. It's all these like crazy fucking Instagram people and like those two podcast girls who like, I am that podcast girl, but I'm also like, I'm not going to, I shouldn't be in a documentary about anything. Like I don't know anything. So like it was these people who like act like they know all this stuff. And then I'm like, okay, but do you like, you really don't. I don't know. True. (laughs) But there were some attorneys who spoke on it and they had some expert insight and I think if you look at a conservatorship and what it means from a macro perspective and then apply it to Brittany, it's pretty easy to conclude that something's up at the very least. It's hard to say that there would be a strong argument that this is a great thing for Brittany. And I'll tell you why. I'm going to just really quickly before you tell me why, because I do want to know why. I agree. I don't think that it is... Let me clear it up. I don't think it's good. I don't think she needs to be in it. I definitely am not being like, there's the reason she should be in it. But like, I just don't think the documentary did a... I'm, I'm speaking solely from the documentary. Right. As a film, person with a film degree who studied documentaries, I just don't like think that it gave enough evidence for me to be like, this was definitely a documentary that proved its point and like went out with like... Whatever. I don't know. I just was underwhelmed by the documentary as a whole. I don't think it was that well done. But you know what? I don't think it had a particular thesis. I think it just presented to you a a bunch of information. Yeah, New York Times presents. A bunch of information about conservatorships and Britney's case in particular. And then you had to come to a conclusion. Yeah, I guess I just was annoyed by... I think I just didn't like the conservatorship part because I'm like... I don't know. I I could get really way too deep into it. I was it, the but... most that was the most fascinating part to me, the conservatorship part. I just could not take it seriously. I'm like sorry and I'm not like trying to like activist shame, but like That's a different story. Yeah. It's <laughs> I was just like there's like twenty people outside of the courthouse and like no offense, but like I love like certain artists too, but like what are we doing here? Like I don't know. I kind of was just like, this is so random of these people to be doing this. Right. Millions of children live in poverty. In fact, thousands die a day of poverty, but we're a free Britney activist. I just kind of like, and obviously this happened in the year 2020, and I just kind of like had to chuckle at one point, and I turned to my friend and I was like, can you imagine walking down Santa Monica Boulevard and seeing a BLM protest and then walking two blocks over and seeing 20 people with a free britney protest like i just in the midst of everything that happened in 2020 I marching just parallel with each other yeah <laughs> they literally were on opposite sides of the street and i was like i don't know something about it just made me feel weird <laughs> and i'm not you know the choose your fighter meme oh my god absolutely i'm like <laughs> choose your fighter the britney activist or the blm activist blm activist i'm like mm-hmm. <laughs> free britney bitch <laughs> Honestly, for everybody, and I'm not saying it's a bad. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad cause. I think it's, it's important, and it's obviously it worked. It brought a lot of attention to right. the situation. But you know and... who should advocate for Brittany? Brittany's friends and Brittany. 
and Britney's right. boyfriend. Not act, yeah. not activists. That I don't understand. I agree with you, but that's not what I'm talking about when I talk about having interest in the conservatorship. What what I have an interest in is the fact that she does appear to be a highly competent person. Yeah. Who has a conservator for both her person, as they call it, that's the technical term, a conservator for her person and for her estate. If you didn't watch the doc, that means that she has someone making her decisions for her well-being and for her finances because she's Mm -hmm. not deemed competent. And yet, in court documents, they call her a high-functioning conservator, a conservatee? Is that how they put it? Yeah. And some attorneys said that makes no sense. In in conservatorship law, you can't be high-functioning. Then that means you don't need a conservator. So there's all these contradictions. And then you have the highly exploitative nature of it, Rye, in my view. Mm-hmm. Because post-mental breakdown or whatever you want to call it, I think saying it's a mental breakdown is uncool, right? I've never been politically correct a single day in my life, so don't ask me. <laughs> I don't mean to, I guess, shame her. There's no shame. I think we can all agree we are respectful of Brittany. Yes. Sometimes we don't know what to say in the right terms. You know, sue us. I don't care. Her rock bottom moment, if you will, right? She's coming out of it. That's when she's appointed the conservator, a.k.a. her dad, Jamie. And then you have him basically working her like a workhorse. Right. Her circus era. mm Mm-hmm. Having her do the Vegas residency. Having her do a million different commercials. She's basically sponsoring anything and everything. This is where we could actually circle back to the discussion of paparazzi a little bit because we've talked about before how celebrities often have agency in the paparazzi game, right? Mm -hmm. They know that they need to be talked about so that they could then um, generate the interest in them as a person. So then they could leverage that interest in them into interest in their product, whether it be an album or a movie or a TV show. And they could sell more and they could make more money. So just to tie it back to the paparazzi angle a little bit. It's like a parasitical... Yes. Is that the right word? (laughs) Parasitic. Maybe parasitic. It is. It's parasitic. It's absolutely parasitic. But they also do feed off of one another. Right, 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 right. Because... (laughs) The paparazzis are making money, and then they're, the celebrities are making money, which the paparazzi, one of the paparazzi guys actually alludes to that fact, right? Like, we, be, we it's a mutually beneficial relationship. Like, I benefit yeah. her, and she benefits me. It's great. But the unique part of Britney's story is that she's not benefiting. She I, has no I, control over her finances or even her career decision-making. So yeah. you have this attorney and her father who are dictating her career moves who are dictating her every move right and yet they are the ones who are profiting off of it because they are the one controlling her finances even at one point the attorney i thought this was one of the most fascinating parts of the documentary the attorney appeals to the court to get a raise Mm -hmm. for being britney's conservator right and argues that what is happening with the Britney conservatorship is presenting a new hybrid business model, a.k.a. Yeah. the business of owning another person and dictating right. their life decisions because they're not competent enough to do it, but yet they're freakishly talented and very competent. I mean, Britney Spears is a highly talented person, right? A very special talent. Mm -hmm. competent enough to go out there and have one of the most successful Vegas residencies of all time, if not the most successful Vegas residency of all time. I think they were saying she was pulling in over a million a week, which is outrageous. I want to say maybe after Celine's, it it might be the most successful. I could be pulling that out of my asshole. That makes sense. So second most successful Vegas residency ever. She can't be totally incompetent. Yeah. So, and they're admitting, they're admitting, right? This is a business. We will control a great talent. I could even I could even excuse it, it it being put in into place when it originally was put into place. It just makes me upset that like there was even the attorney I think someone at one point said I've never like the question was like have you ever seen someone 
get out of a conservative conservatorship? And her answer was no. And so I'm like, it's just, it's just alarming to me that a thing that seemingly impossible to get out of was issued to a young woman in her early thirties or whatever, old, however old she was. Well, that's what they said too, right? That it's highly unusual for a young and fit person to be put into a conservatorship. I will say my favorite part of the documentary in like a happy way um, was when they focused on her Instagram and how she, um, you know, her Instagram's famous because it's a little bit chaotic. It's a little mm-hmm. bit, but it's fully Britney. Like, and, and I, I loved that they, the way someone framed it or the way someone said it was she's finally in charge of putting the image she wants out into the public. And she's finally in charge of how people see her, not how the paparazzi present her. And I thought that was really cool because people do kind of make fun of Britney's Instagram. I don't think in like a mean hearted way, but a lot of her videos will go viral or turn into memes because they are a little goofy and a, a little unhinged. And surreal a little bit. And very surreal. But that's, I think that's Britney. And like, I, she genuinely seems happy when she posts stuff on her Instagram. And I just, of the whole thing, and it's obviously a very heavy, you know, it's not a documentary about war and disease, but it's still a heavy documentary in, in that this is a real person and someone's real life and such an iconic public figure that is kind of the... I mean, I would I would say maybe the biggest cele- celebrity of, like, our generation, at least, like, the age, you know, that we were growing up. And so it is, it is sad in that this is, like, someone we idolized growing up, and now this is her life. And I don't know. That was, like, the glimmer of hope in it all. It was, like, we do get to see glimpses of her life. We see that she's capable. She's joking around with her kids. She's raising her kids. She's seems like a great mom. She seems like she's a fun you know, a happy person, which is great, which makes the whole conservatorship thing even more disturbing because how can you raise children and, you know, be this seemingly normal person but unable to make decisions? Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. There was a suggestion in the documentary, if you, if you remember this, right, that in the aftermath of her spiraling out of control or whatever you want to call it, the court's or maybe it was Jamie um, presented her with the option of either not seeing her kids, not being able to have joint custody with Kevin Federline, or accepting the conservatorship and being able to have joint custody. Yeah. Which would be such a fucked up thing if it turned out to be true. Because that's not a choice. Yeah, you always no- are going. You're always going to choose the your option with your kids. Yeah, regardless of the consequences. It, it was just, suggested I, in the documentary. It was suggested. It just is nonsensical to me that you, if someone was truly incapable of handling their own lives, then why would she be capable of handling two young children's lives? Like something doesn't add up. And and that's the thing with this whole thing, right? So much of it is shrouded in mystery. We don't know mm-hmm. what the hell's happening, really. Yeah, and it, it, to me, it came down to the business thing of it, of, like, they're making money off her, and they want to control how they make the money. It's sad. It's They didn't trust her to make as much money on her own as right, which, she would have with them guiding her career, which is totally, totally exploitative, and the fact that it that could be accomplished, and then argued to be a potential new hybrid business model of the future it it really it really disturbs me yeah and i think in in a broader sense it it's a warning sign for maybe younger billy eilish's and other young famous people that i <laughs> the one young famous person you know <laughs> um that hopefully like shit like this isn't going to happen to them you know, from the base level of paparazzi exploitation to parents who will take advantage of their children's success, which we've seen many, like, this isn't the first time we've seen a parent take control of, you know, take advantage of their children's success in Hollywood. You covered um, it on the Ariel Winter episode. Ariel Winter. Um, I feel like Macaulay Culkin, there was drama. 
Um, Drew Barrymore, if I'm not mistaken, or was she I just mean, a child yeah. star? She was a child star who famously like was going to bars at like 14. Right. But like, who wasn't? You know. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah. Well, overall, uh, I guess the documentary. I don't want to say it was bad. It just left me wanting more. I just no, you're right. Like, you know why? Because I just remembered that it even touched on for like half a sentence how the whole infrastructure surrounding conservatorships could be corrupt. Right. But then they were like, that way, you know, we don't need to talk about that. Right. That seems to be of this whole documentary. So maybe do touch on it. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, wait, if the whole system of conservatorships is corrupt, that should be probably given a deep dive. And then we could maybe figure out, you know, more successfully why Britney got sucked into this system. I did watch another movie this week um, called I Care A Lot on Netflix. Um, Rosamund Pike actually just won a Golden Globe for it. Um, it's, a, it's a, I don't know if it's conservatorship, but it's legal guardian. Um, her, her job is to be a legal guardian of elderly people. And it made me, there was there's parallels between the Britney story and this movie. It's a good movie. I would suggest it for those who have not watched it yet. Um, and it kind of, but it, it's about elderly people, which I think is what the conservatorship slash legal guardian was made for. Like people who it's like minds are deteriorating, I guess. Um, well, that's why that one attorney was saying this could be a new business model. Like let's grab all these other young stars and put them into conservatorships because they're too young and dumb to make the most amount of money out of their careers, you know, yeah. as, as they could. Well, it's basically what the movie is about. She she targets elderly people who have a ton of money and basically convinces the court that they need her. It's kind of crazy. Um, so yeah, lots of lots of conservatorship discourse in in Hollywood right now. We love that. And well, wasn't the whole point of the conservator for the estate to prevent fraud? Yeah, and like to pre- prevent like someone taking advantage of them, essentially. <laughs> Yeah, it is basically a <laughs> form of fraud. <laughs> Pretty redundant, yeah. Um, doesn't seem to be a system that is working. I mean, I'm sure it has worked before, but... Um, it needs refining, if anything. Maybe even abolishing. Yeah, I mean, abolish jobs, abolish commercials, abolish conservatorship. That's my PSA for the day. Um, and honestly, Abolish free Britney activists. <laughs> abolish free Britney activists. Actually abolish podcasts. Um <laughs> And I'm going to actually kind of throw this out there. Abolish dog walkers. Um, <gasps> in my head... <laughs> so you're taking you're taking the thief side in this? I'm taking... He had it coming, walking <laughs> dog like that at 9.40 p.m. on a Monday. I was on a Wednesday. I'm sorry. He had it coming. And I don't know. Something about... First off, I'm just going to straight from the start. This is a Jesse Smollett situation. I think there's... <sighs> job i think it was all planned i do not trust this dog walker um and i can't wait i don't think the story is over do you do you think the dog walker is working in cahoots with the woman who found the dog but hasn't been able to provide an explanation for how she found the dogs i don't think that he is in cahoots per se but there has to be something bigger than this. I just don't think that someone randomly decided to shoot Lady Gaga's dog walker and take two of the three dogs and then, like, casually have them returned, like, three days later. Like, I just don't see that as a thing. Do you want to set the stage? I guess you already did. You basically just told the story Look, in one sentence. Lady Gaga's dog walker, Ryan Fisher, was shot in Hollywood last week at 9.40 p.m. on a Wednesday, and two of the three dogs were taken. One dog was able to escape. Um, (laughs) He has since posted on his Instagram kind of, like, explaining what happened. Um, He was laying on the ground in a pool of his own blood, which I'm like, okay. (laughs) Um, And... He said, like, the he keeps talking about an angel, and I'm like, I don't know if he's talking about, like, an actual angel, if he's talking about, like, the dog. Like, the dog was his angel, like, the dog that didn't get kidnapped. Um, like, the dog was, like, comforting him, or an angel was comforting, comforting him, still unclear. But 
long story long, Lady Gaga posted that she would give a $500,000 reward, no questions asked, to anyone who would return her dogs. Because of course she will. She's Lady Gaga. If a famous person's dog or anything gets stolen, they're going to offer a reward if they really want a bat. So for me, if I am the thief in question, Mm -hmm. I would assume that Lady Gaga, if I stole her dogs, would offer money. Well, of course. Obviously. It's Lady Gaga. Um, She's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Of course. So I'm not saying that I don't think that maybe the dog walker himself is a part of the scheme, but, you know... There has to be something. I mean, someone had to have known that he was Lady Gaga's dog walker. They had to know his route and his time and his whatever. Um, I think it's just, I think it was a well-executed plan and I think it worked. And I think the woman who returned it is giving some money to some people who stole the dogs. I mean, otherwise, it's an astounding coincidence. Okay, first off, it's giving me major, major Paris Hilton vibes. Mm -hmm. When Tinkerbell was kidnapped, famously. When Tinkerbell was kidnapped or lost? I thought she just got lost. Um, one or the other. Paris Hilton, though, offered a $10,000 reward. Well, with inflation. (laughs) Right, with inflation. That was 2004. So, first of all, this is giving me very Paris Hilton, Tinkerbell vibes. Except it's 2021, so of course the dog walker gets shot. Right. Two dogs are kidnapped. There's a $500,000 reward, not a $10,000 reward. Right. It's very 2021. We're living in the apocalypse. But second off, I not only buy your theory, Rye. I'm following you. I'm, I'm going right there with you. I, I'm not just like lightly buying into it. I'm dabbling in the theory. I'm right there with you. I love this theory. The dogs were apparently found like tied to a fucking pole or something right? in an alleyway. And the lady brought the dogs in. The police say that there was no real explanation for like how she knew the dogs were Lady Gaga's dogs, right? Like you, you don't just find dogs in an yeah, alleyway and go, that's Lady Gaga's dog. Yeah. Well, but also like it was highly publicized. So I think if anyone who has a phone like, have you seen a photo dogs. of the dogs? Have you seen a photo of the dogs? I don't know if I have seen, per se, see? a photo of the I dogs. I haven't. But I, 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 if I were to have seen two dogs kind of casually tied up in Hollywood, un, un, uh, accompanied, I think my, I think the first thought would be. Could be Lady Gaga's dogs. So you Google Lady Gaga's dogs and you go, oh, okay, like that that's Koji and Gustav. Yes, and I would instantly know their names right away, Koji and Gustav. Um, well, this is but, post-Google is what I'm saying. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't put it past some random lady to be like, fair chance, these are Lady Gaga's dogs. So you're backing off the theory that I just subscribed to. I guess. Look, I'm... <laughs> I never know what I'm talking about. I one second have an idea and then two seconds later it's out of my head and I have a whole new one. Um, so yeah, no, now I'm firmly standing by this was just an act of coincidence. And maybe the shooter was like, I just want to really freaking take dogs. And then they took these dogs and they were like, Oh my God, I just stole Lady Gaga's dogs. I need to just get rid of them. Like I cannot be associated with this. It's just much bigger than I imagined. And maybe kind of freaked out and just like get get rid of the dogs. What is the motivation if it weren't for the dogs? dogs. Like what's the motivation? You know, Unless like maybe Ryan Fisher has some enemies out there, you're thinking? Could have, an, could have some enemies. Also, you know, what is the mot- motivation behind anything um, violent? <laughs> that's true. That's, you a, know, that's a good question. Murder. War. You know, why? Well, yeah, that's a good question. But, but you know, detectives... They often ask, what's the motive? So I'm asking the question, what's the motive here? If it's not the dogs. Yeah, I think um, some people just like to hurt hurt other people. and They're anti-dog walker. Yeah, maybe they're like WAG. They work for WAG and they're like, well, Lady Gaga should be using WAG, not this private <laughs> dog walker. And it was kind of like 
and this is corporate. This is corporate espionage. Corporate espionage. It's it's a similar to um, free Britney movement. They were like, "There's bigger issues in the world, but we need people to get back on WAG because mm-hmm. WAG in the pandemic has been doing terribly. No one's letting strangers walk their dogs." Really? Okay, I didn't know this. So this could be a WAG-induced act of violence. Although I don't want to say that. Like, let's just say this is pure satire because WAG may have some high-priced attorneys on retainer and they could sue us for defamation. No, I'm standing my ground. WAG (laughs) needed people to stop hiring private dog walkers, and so they chose (laughs) a high-profile dog walker, and now everyone is fired and everyone's going to use WAG again. The whole lesson to be learned here is that if you have a private dog walker, could get shot. They will be shot. Your dogs <laughs> will be kidnapped. And you will have to give $500,000 to get them back. So economically speaking, you should just use WAG. It is much cheaper. And actually, no one will die from WAG. <laughs> I mean, that's a great lesson to learn here. That I mean, now I'm buying into that theory. I'm jumping from theory to theory. I've jumped from 14 different theories on this podcast come be it Britney, be it paparazzi, be it dog walking. I am a conspiracy theorist at this point, but I do strongly believe this is Wag. Wag is in charge of the Lady Gaga kidnapping of her dogs, and you've heard it here first, people. I'm putting it out there. Wag has something to do with Britney's conservatorship. Luck. There's a I'm connection not, here between all these. I'm stories. not gonna say. I'm not gonna say no. <laughs> What if we cut to a commercial of us <laughs> promoting WAG? Like and WAG sponsors this podcast. Please use our code SHOOK for $10 off your first WAG. <laughs> <laughs> They're murderers, but they'll get the job done. Your walker won't be shot. 10% off your first WAG. Um, okay, well, we're going to get sued. for. I'm going to get sued by like 14 different people from this podcast, so whatever worth it. Um, I'm Jamie Spears, the... the- CEO of WAG. Lady Gaga herself. I'm actually the person who um, returned the dogs and I got the reward. So come at me, lawyers. I have plenty of money. I wish I was, by the way. What an easy 500 grand to make. Seriously, like, no offense, but if I was living in LA, I would have been on my hands and knees through Hollywood looking for dogs. I would have taken two random dogs at that point. I would have kidnapped a dog and been like, nope, this is them. I promise... Whoever kidnapped them really fucked them up and changed their appearance, but this is them. It becomes like a dog kidnapping pyramid scheme where, like, you're kidnapping a dog to replace those dogs and someone else is kidnapping a dog. And then Lady Gaga to pay for the dogs that got stolen by trying to find her dog, the whole thing. And if I still lived in L.A., could have been me. I should have drove out to Hollywood and looked for dogs. Honestly, terrible business decision by you to not do that. Yeah, what was I doing that was more important than that? I don't know, like, not having any of your equipment set up for this podcast on time. Just kidding. <laughs> Fair. Speaking of, speaking of timelines not matching up, I don't know. No, that's actually a great transition. Thanks. Hilaria Hillary Hayward Thomas Baldwin mm. just welcomed the sixth Baldwinito into the world. <laughs> but... This is a story, mostly, because she just welcomed the fifth Baldwinito into the world five months ago. Right. So fans are asking questions. They're so curious. Did you... Yeah, fans. (laughs) All of her fans. All of her Mallorca, Spain-based fans. Can I just say, we talked about Britney, music icons Britney Spears and Lady Gaga on this podcast, and now we're dedicating time to Hilaria... Hilaria Baldwin Thomas Baldwin Hayward and she does not deserve this but here we go I'm gonna let it happen but she should not be on the same podcast as music icons we could cut off short here right now right we could just cut it bye (laughs) you are right though we could have flanked Gaga and Britney with Beyonce with who would be deserving I mean there's very few people who are at that stature I don't even want to say Miley Cyrus because I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't but I would maybe Rihanna I've been thinking oh, a Rihanna. lot about I'd put Rihanna up there I wouldn't say Miley is quite there I think for, she's there for different reasons but just based on music I don't know if she's there but she's not far behind and Hilaria not even close where's her single if she releases a single 
then I will consider allowing her to be on a podcast with Brittany and, and Lady Gaga. But until then, I'm mad about this segment. And that concludes this episode of the Holly Shook Podcast. No, I'm kidding. We're going to cover it <laughs> ever so briefly. Um, Hilaria Hayward. Hillary Baldwin Thomas. Did sure. I get that right? No. <laughs> Posted this photo with the newest Baldwinito. And people were curious because she just had a baby five months ago. They're asking the question, is this an adopted child? Uh, did you have a surrogate? Well, they're not issuing a statement according to their rep. Quote, we're still not issuing a statement or confirming anything. What she posted stands. End quote. Uh, people were commenting on Instagram. And Alec Baldwin snapped at them because that's what Alec Baldwin does. He snaps at people. He's good at it. Great at it, arguably. He said, quote, you should shut the fuck up and mind your own business. What fatherly instincts. Um, I do want to say, though, he wrote that in response to someone saying, who's the mother? She wasn't pregnant. She gave birth six months ago. If this was a surrogate, just say that. If the baby was adopted, just say that. If the baby was a product of an affair and you decided to raise it with your wife, just say that. <laughs> and once again, conspiracy is off the rails four different conspiracies in this one comment but here's the thing i feel like i've, I've been controversial this episode <laughs> i have had one singular glass of wine so <laughs> could be that but I, I i could see it being a surrogate because we have here in the notes that i put together <laughs> that hilaria had two miscarriages um in 2019 and she was very open about that and then when she had her baby back in September, she was, like, obviously elated. So I, I can't blame uh, I can't blame the commenters for being like, this doesn't make sense. Was it a surrogate? Did you adopt it? Like, it does, the timeline's not matching up. So I, I get why people have questions. But at the same time, I get why he's like, shut the fuck up. Like, we'll tell you what happened if we feel like we want to tell you what happened. All we said was we have a new baby. We didn't say that she had it herself the comment or the freaking publicist saying what she posted stands and it does all she said was it's a new baby and like whatever she didn't say like gave birth from my own vagina to this baby like that's not what her caption was so like let the fucking people breathe for two seconds and that's my stance on hilaria hillary baldwin thomas whatever i think that's actually an uncontroversial stance and I have a stance that maybe you would find controversial. Uh-oh. I think Hilaria Hillary, Hayward Thomas, Baldwin. Baldwin, is more cunning than we've been made to believe, Rye. And here's why. Okay. I'm, uh, I can see where this is going. You said when all the news broke out about how Hilaria Hillary, Hayward Thomas Baldwin, wasn't actually from Spain. You said, I haven't even heard of Hilaria Hayward, Hillary Baldwin Thomas before. Right. You were like, who? I said the same thing. Who? Who is this yoga instructing, you know, mommy fashion person? Cucumber lover. Cucumber loving. Also, what's a mommy fashion person? I don't know. I don't know. You know, at this day and age, any job is a real job. <laughs> I, I think I just made that up right now. But I know she it's dabbles in fashion and being a mom. Problem. So she does the mommy fashion, cooking, all that stuff. All that good stuff, right? She but somehow has 30 different jobs, and yet still no one knew who she was. No one knew who she was. Now, everybody knows who she is. Not only does everybody know who she is, people who would never know who she is knows who she is. We talked about this. Your parents, who don't even know what a celebrity is, were saying, what's up with right. this Hillary, Thomas Baldwin, Hayward, Hilaria person? Right. If you haven't been on Chopped or Shark Tank, my parents don't know who you are. But yet they had questions for me about Hilaria, Hillary, Baldwin, Thomas, Hayworth, Thomas. And that's what I'm saying. So they know who she is. This is... Right. Why I'm saying she is more cunning than we've been made to believe. And she does it fucking again. Mm -hmm. 
not because she's not saying whether the baby was adopted or you know came from a surrogate or whatever. That doesn't really matter. The brilliance of this was the surprise element. She did like a surprise album drop, but she did a surprise baby drop. Right. That's why nobody knew. She didn't yeah. announce the surrogacy. She didn't announce the adoption. Obviously, she, she didn't have the baby herself because you can't have a baby within five months, right? So, I guess. Right. <laughs> always evolving. Right. There could have been a medical technological advancement, but, you know, well, okay, so there could have. Maybe. Ever since ever since Octomom, I don't believe that giving birth is real. I believe that every, anything can happen. There are no rules. You kind of just, like, it just kind of happens. It's WAG's new product. WAG. <laughs> Get your baby quicker. Get your baby around the block quicker. Ten <laughs> percent off using our code Shuck. So that is the brilliance of Hillary Thomas Hayward Baldwin Hilaria. It's in the marketing. It's in the building up of the mystique, which I think maybe she is doing so well. Maybe all of that wasn't an accident. Maybe, maybe it was all a part of the plan. That was. Poetic. Um, That's I my controversial like, take. No, I just feel like I'm imagining you like narrating the trailer of the documentary one day, and like that's the tagline and how it ends. The ten part docu series that comes right after Britney's on VH1. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I I hate to say it, but I agree with you because she's not an idiot, or maybe she is. Or maybe who knows. Sometimes idiots do really smart things, you know, myself included. And she knew what she was doing. I, I think we can. I think we can all agree she knew what she was doing. And just when she was fading away, you know, we have we have the Lady Gaga story. We have other stories that I'm sure have happened. Um, you know, she pops back on the gram and makes it about her. And mm. if that's not if that's not marketing in the year 2021, then I don't know what is. No, I mean, that I don't is marketing mark- in the year 2021. Uh, it's it's planning out a major scandal. Again, what were yeah. we just talking about, Rai, the other day? Scandalosity. Yes, I definitely remember that conversation that we had. You don't remember the... Oh, was that when we made up like a math formula? No, well, we didn't make up the math formula. <laughs> Luann's ex-boyfriend, Court. <sighs> Made up the math formula for scandalosity. The speed at which scandal measured in velocity can turn you into a star. Hilaria Hayward, Thomas Baldwin, Hillary Mm -hmm. knew the speed. The speed measured in velocity that Mm -hmm. she needed to reach so she could turn into a star. She becomes a star with the Mallorca Spain scandal. And now she's keeping the momentum. She's keeping that speed going. She's getting faster and faster. She follows it up with the surprise baby drop. She had to have had that planned for a minute. She couldn't have just swooped in and got a baby the last two months. So she's been planning this for yeah. like six, seven, eight, nine months, arguably. Maybe nine. Maybe last nine. Last time I checked, you do have to plan out having a baby, whether it's being born or adopted. Um, unless... They pulled a wag and they shot someone and stole their baby. And now we're going to hear of a $500,000 reward for a young child to be returned. And it's going to be tied up in an alleyway in Hollywood. Just think. I'm like supporting child. <laughs> that got so dark. <laughs> I don't know why. Like the know. dogs being like tied up on their leash, like in an alley. They'll be found like, pretty quickly. It's like not that dark. And then like the baby. <laughs> All I'm saying is we've learned today that WAG is capable of anything and I wouldn't put it past them. WAG is the Illuminati. <laughs> WAG has always freaked me out. I'm like, absolutely no, a stranger is not coming into my house and taking my dog on a walk. Like, absolutely no. I don't even have a dog and I would not allow that. I was about to say, right, you don't even have a dog. That's and why I you don't want them to come. make money on WAG and I'm like, no, you're sketch. I feel like you anyway. would make money on WAG. <sighs> Look, I wouldn't make money doing anything <laughs> uh, except being sponsored by anything on this podcast, because I feel like we've talked shit about so many different companies that even if we were to be asked to sponsor, it would be no one. We've talked too much shit. There's a few companies untouched that I think we still have potential to sponsor up with. Uh, give us a couple episodes and that was, we'll go down the drain. <laughs> like, 
Swag was absolutely not a part of the plan with this podcast, and yet here we are. They are the Illuminati, they are murderous, and they are kidnapping Hilaria Baldwin's child. Satirically. Satirically, and with no um, physical evidence to support such claims. But, um, I don't know, I feel like, once again, Hilaria Baldwin uh, continues to surprise. I don't think this is the last surprise we'll get from her. I don't think this is the last time we'll talk about her. Lady Gaga's dog-walking scandal, I... I, I, I want to believe that there will be more um, that will become uncovered. Very uh, Jesse Smollett-esque. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we got a real... And then obviously the Britney doc, I think that's a never-ending story. So oh, yeah. I think we covered really big stories um, today and broke the news months after that happened. Just like we did with the college admission scandal, we're breaking the news, Rye. We're journalists on this podcast, not paparazzi. We mm-hmm. give you the real news, unlike the New York Times. Right, and every single thing we said today has scientific evidence to back it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for opening your minds to the reality. Thank you for waking up, sheeple. Um, and really, <laughs> we're renaming this podcast Wagonon. <laughs> Wagonon, wake, Colin, wake up, sheeple. The new Holly Shook. We said it was a new era because you're in a new home, and this is the beginning of the new era. Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> off to a great start, Ryan. We're off to a fantastic <laughs> fucking start. Oh my god, I'm gonna be canceled for this, but bring it on, bitches. Um. Anyway, thanks for listening. <laughs> we appreciate all the support, and this has been truly art. If people tell you podcasts aren't art, then point them to this episode Playback. and. They will be proven wrong once again. Right. Thanks for uh, doing this with me as always. And everyone, thank you so much for listening. Give us uh, five stars. We mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that I would give you my credit yeah. card number and social if you gave us five yeah. stars. So maybe, maybe next time, not this time, because you have to actually go and do it. And as you know, these aren't live, so I can't see if you're doing it. But if you do it, you know, you never know. It may happen. How about, how about if you guys go and leave us a five-star review screenshot it and send it to us on Twitter or Instagram at Holly Shook Pod and we'll give uh, you 10% off your next uh, WAG purchase and Armin will also DM his credit card and social security number to your inbox um, thanks for agreeing to that Armin and we will talk to you guys next time bye, bye.